0: welcome everybody this is the reality Zars podcast and i'm your only host tonight nate tony's at work unfortunately and we have the great ricky Verandas with us uh brother thank you so much for for coming on the show and i wanted to talk to you for a long ass time actually and um thank you so much for coming on do you want to tell our guests a little bit uh our our listeners where they can find you
1: yeah yeah absolutely so you can find just about all my work on the ripple effect or rickyvrance.com, both URLs will bring you to the same place. But uh, basically, if you go there, you'll find all the social media platforms I'm on, you'll find all the video platforms I'm on. I'm on just about all of them, minus uh, YouTube. I do. Uh, have a new YouTube channel, but I'm just posting clips to, so I can kind of keep some presence on YouTube without getting, uh, you know, banned again. And then audio wise, uh, I'm available everywhere the Ripple Effect podcast. Just search Ripple Effect podcast, you'll find on Spotify, iTunes, whatever app you use. And then, uh, I also host, uh, another show, uh, called The Union unwanted not Wanted, which, uh, I'm, I'm sure some of you might have heard of with, uh, Sam Tripoli from the many shows he does. Uh, Mike, Midnight Mike from the OBDM show and then Charlie Robinson from macroaggressions and also well known for um, the couple books that he's written, which are awesome. So, um, but yeah, those are kind of my two main shows. And then every once in a while when I uh, get over my imposter syndrome of um, feeling like, what do I have profound to say? I do a, a little solo show called uh, Ricky Rants on Rockfin, which is just a, a solo show that I do on Rockfin where I kind of just, discuss what's on my mind or something that's kind of been, um, you know, just something I wanted to share with the, with the listeners. And it always starts off as like, oh, I don't have anything to say. How am I going to fill up, you know, 20 minutes or half an hour to make it worth posting? And then, you know, 20 minutes to a half an hour into it, I, I can't shut the hell up. So but I guess that's probably one of the reasons why we started a podcast. I mean, you have to be able to, to talk a little bit, you know, you can't just, uh, you know, put all the pressure on the guests to, to hold a conversation.
0: Hundred percent, man. I I think podcasting's probably saved my marriage, just because like I can't stop talking about this kind of shit, and it gives my wife a nice break if I'm over here ranting, and then I get it out of my system too, so that I can be normal again. So <laughs> it's probably great for her too. Well,
1: it's funny because I talked. To, I remember talking to James Corbett about this because we had similar experiences. With how neither of our wives. Like, care at all about what we do. Like, it's like, you know, you get so excited about. I remember the first time I had like Jesse Ventura on the show, or, uh, you know, we watched. uh, I mean, I've been lucky enough where I've had quite a few films. Was
0: this pre Rona? Uh, Jesse Ventura. Yes, this is way
1: okay. Yeah, This was. Jesse. He was still a conspiracy theorist because apparently Rona meant that the now you trust the government and there's no you know conspiracies at all. It's, it's just hilarious. It's so wild. I remember talking to Sean when I had Sean Stone on um, the, uh, a couple of Union of Wanted. Yeah, he did a couple of Union of Wanted in a row, but the first one he recently was on he was gonna come up, come on my show and then our, our schedules were conflicting a little bit and i'm just like hey can you just make it to monday's New done wanted and he's like you know what yeah maybe i'll I'll come on because he's never been on one and uh i i think i asked him on that episode like dude you're friends with tyrell i've had tyrell uh his son on the show too he actually was on the show that episode right before jesse ventura And uh, I remember that because it's just coincidental that I end up getting a hold of both of them and they both end up scheduling uh, back to back. But uh, I'm just like, dude, you're friends with Tyrell, you're friends with Jesse Ventura. Like, what is going on here? You know, like, how how did you fall for this or how did he fall for this? And uh, I don't know, man. It just seems I I don't think there's any real straightforward answer. I I think there's a lot of people we can look at and, and just say, like, okay, what? What was it for them? And I don't think there's a general answer. I think each person's individually different. You know, I think some people really, really hated Trump. I think some people felt for the media propaganda. I think some people were really just afraid and and the fear-mongering worked. And uh, if they had any doubts about, um, you know, media or Big Farm or any of these things, I think that went out the window because they were, you know, once— I I always say, like, once— Something like that happens. It, it puts your, it, it puts, it puts your beliefs uh to the test. Like how how truly, uh, you know how, how true are you to your beliefs? And I think some people, when they got tested, they're like, you know what? Like I think media is bullshit. Yeah, I think big pharma lies. But my life's in danger, or I could be in danger. So I'm just gonna take the word for it this time. You know? And it's like, come on, man. Like you know. So. It, it's it, yeah, we live in a weird time where I think a lot of people got exposed during um, 2020 in regards to just not being as true to their beliefs or, you know, as, as we maybe thought they were, you know, and there were there was quite a few people. I mean, musicians, people in alternative media, you know, I was talking to um, Pasta from uh, the Convo Couch not too long ago. Was, actually, I think it was this week uh, on the phone about something else and and then we i don't know how it got brought up but we were talking about how, how i'm a big fan of abby martin right and and mm-hmm. how i remember watching breaking the setback in the day like before i was i couldn't wait like I, every morning i would go on to her youtube channel and i would watch the new episode and uh typically i wouldn't watch it live but they they uploaded it uh the same day and I'd watch it next morning it would be like my little piece of news and she always had really good um just interviews on there a lot of people that have been on my show uh like Russ Baker and and other uh great people and like when covid happened it was just like her and her brother just lost their minds in regards to uh just drinking the Kool-Aid and and it's not to say that they that... had yeah yeah, well, if you listen to media roots, like they kind, of, and it's funny because I actually had Robbie Martin on before the Union Unwanted was started, which was kind of a post-COVID, right before COVID or or right around the time that it started kind of becoming a hot topic in the U.S. Uh, I did like kind of a roundtable. I used to do a lot of like just. Uh, multiple guests on a show because I enjoyed like kind of bouncing ideas off each other and getting people different uh, perspectives on a topic, and I did one with Robbie. Robbie was actually you know somewhat of a regular on my show, and um, it was him and I want to say it was Sam Tripoli and maybe Jeffrey Wilson from the Conspiracy Farm um, with Pat Milatich, but uh, I can't remember who else was on it. But it was a few of us and we're talking, and you know he was pretty. Oh, and I think Charlie might have been on that too, and and. You know, we we were all talking about how what could happen or whatever, and he didn't seem to resist that much. I feel like it, It's one of those things where if we were, if I had him on a podcast and we discussed it in a civil manner, like we, I could probably find some some places where we agree, and he'd be like, you know, what? yeah, you're right, you know. And then, um, but I think when he's on media routes with Abby, his sister, and there's not anybody kind of, I guess, uh, pushing back with the alternative perspectives then it's easier to kind of just you know believe that like hey what i'm saying is true and what the people i disagree with are wrong and and that's always like the concern with like you know creating your own echo chamber and and not really talking to people who disagree with you I, i love talking to people i disagree with i think i i want my beliefs to be to be challenged i want to uh, you know, because in challenging them, I'm going to find out if they make sense or if I have, you know, if I've made a good argument uh, prior to establish establishing some belief or some um, something that I subscribe to. And uh, so, uh, you know, I think there's always a danger of like doing these like uh, solo podcasts where it's just you or just you and a co-host who have the exact same perspective, which is kind of the case with with Abby and and Robbie. and you know, and again, it's not to say that they don't do great work because there's plenty yeah. of people that I disagree with on things. Abby yeah. Martin
0: my favorite communist. <laughs> I like Abby Martin a lot, man. She's awesome. She's yeah. so good on the empire. She's fucking brilliant. Yeah, she's so anti-war. Like, yeah, Abby Martin's amazing. Uh, that's really too bad. But I, I mean, that's something that you brought up earlier was you just said that some people couldn't handle their distaste for Trump. And I, it's funny, man. It's just like he really – he changed politics. Like politics were already divided and ugly. And then he just came in like a fucking wedge and really drove people nuts. Some people never got over it and, like, couldn't even like, – they couldn't look at him and, like, say, like, hey, maybe this aspect of him is okay. This aspect of him is terrible. Or, yes, he's a piece of shit. But, you know, they, they, they couldn't ha- – there was no fair – You couldn't you couldn't like even look at him. He was just anything he said. And then like I'm thinking, you know, someone like Abby Martin and and probably your brother, it became such a political thing that like they couldn't be fair on it or else they'd be cast out of like the religion of woke. You know, they would be cast out of the left like that. You you can't not conform. And it's just it's tragic. Cause I used to be a leftist I used to be on that side so
1: I know how it goes well it's, it's like that saying if you're if you're not a, a liberal when you're young you don't have a heart if you're not a conservative when you're old you don't have a brain and it's it's true in, in a way and I think a little bit of it is because of because of what what's important to you at those points in your life when you're young you don't really care about being taxed or freedoms you, you typically your parents are, are they're already restricting your freedoms and, you know, the, and that type of stuff anyways. So you don't really look at the government as another person who's restricting your freedoms. And then, you know, as you get older, you start worrying about being taxed or having the freedom to do things and, and, and whatnot. And it's like, now I'm an adult, like I, I'm not supposed to have a big brother that tells me what to do, but now big brothers tell me what to do or what I can't do. And, um, so I think you're, you, what is important to you changes, uh, and and like you said about the Trump thing, it's absolutely true. You know, I've I've said multiple times on my show, nobody voted for Biden. They voted for Trump or against Trump and they didn't really care who was running against him. And and that was how strong the hatred for him was. I mean he did, it, it's weird because in a way it's like he's not as bad as everybody makes him out to be. But there definitely were some character flaws in regards to Uh, him, like, making fun of, you know, I think one time he made fun of, like, a crippled guy or whatever. You know, like, these things that you're like, okay, maybe he's not the most sensitive person in the world. But, again, like, one thing doesn't represent everything about him, and it's like, okay, well, he could be wrong in this one example, and I could find an example where he was right or did something good. Um, I mean, I know it didn't really turn it, it... It didn't turn into anything, but when he brought both Koreas together and just to meet. I mean that was kind of historical. I mean that was kind of a big deal. Nothing really came out of it, but the fact that he even attempted it and and got it um planned and then you know, and then of course you get the people who are like, "Well, you know, he he did everything the APAC wanted and he, you know, he was a Jewish chill, you know." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I get that." You know, so and and he was bad in that, but he also didn't start any wars you know and then people will say well he he didn't he didn't end any wars i'm like okay but he didn't start any wars which means there's one less war that we have to end in the first place which is something we have to at least consider when all the past presidents in in recent history have all started wars so it's like you you can't you got to give him his due and you know politics is just a dirty game you're not going to find any perfect person who's going to get all the way to the to the office now i mean you can and, and then there's different ways of looking at it you can look at it as the whole system's corrupt i don't want to participate which i i completely agree with and i and, I'm, and i completely uh i i can connect with that perspective of like okay yeah like the, i knowing what i know and the power of lobbyists and uh the carlisle group and lockheed martin and Big Pharma, you know Pfizer, you know whoever, Halliburton, like all all these uh, players in the background, you know the uh, World Economic Forum, the Bilderberg, uh, you know secret societies like Skull and Crossbones, or and, and like all these 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 wild um, think tanks, and and you know it's like there's so many people who who are really pulling pulling the strings in the background. Like I get the idea of like, well, it's all just nonsense. Why participate? Um, But I also see the perspective of like, okay, well, not participating doesn't change anything. You know, like it's not going to like either way, some president's going to get in, you know, going to be the president, somebody running some candidates going to become the president if I like it or not. So should I just vote for somebody who I think would be the least of two evils? And that's kind of like the the reoccurring theme where people are just like no you shouldn't vote for at least two evils some people think you should and yeah. I, you know, I don't know if there are like many things in life i'm not sure there is a right or wrong answer
0: is this the conversation you guys had with the anarchist versus status i haven't watched it yet but i really want to that would have been a fun one to be in uh, i well, love that well
1: <laughs> you know it's funny well i we could probably have a, a better Anarchist for state is uh, a debate now, just because honestly it didn't go as planned. Because I, I kind of wanted a little bit more debate, and yeah. I I was trying to even it out with people from the left and people from the right, or not from the right, but people who are more libertarian uh, in their perspectives, and um and just about everybody agreed on everything, and I was just like, okay, well, can we, you know, and I kept like trying to like spark the debate a little bit, not because I wanted friction but because i really wanted these ideas tested you know and i wanted people you know and it was like everybody just you know talked about government overreach and everybody talked about um you know money in politics and like these things that are kind of like we all kind of agree on but you know, we didn't get below that, you know, and, and I, th- and, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the union's done one that it works because people are respectful. People, um, everybody seems to get along. Everybody seems to like each other, which I think is awesome. But I, I definitely think, I definitely think that there could be uh, a little bit more of challenging of ideas. And I think it'd be beneficial, you know, in, in the past, I've had, uh, so you know who Brian Callen is. Mm hmm. So Brian Callen used to have a show called the Brian Callen Show, which uh, morphed into Mixed Mental Arts. And I think uh, by the end of Mixed Mental Arts, I think he went back to the Brian Callen Show, or he he named, I don't know, either way, it went back and forth between Mixed Mental Arts and Brian Callen, uh, the Brian Callen Show. But it was the same show, same host as Brian Callen and his co-host, Hunter Motts, And it was uh, the two of them, and they would interview... Uh, authors, typically intellectuals, stuff like that, and he would. Uh, well, Hunter Motz and I became friends. We we ended up doing a bunch of shows together, and um, and Hunter Motz, uh isn't really a libertarian, and uh, you know, isn't um, a big fan of like people like Peter Schiff or or um, Tom Woods or and it, it, so I end up having him I love out. All those guys. What's that?
0: <laughs> I said I love all those guys. I love Peter Schiff <laughs> and Tom Woods.
1: So he so. Me and and Hunter uh, got pretty friendly. We did a lot of shows together. He was a blast to talk to, very thought-provoking. And um, so I ended up asking him if he wanted to have a debate with Adam Kokesh. And uh, because at the time Adam Kokesh was recently on my show, and I'm like, "Hey, how about we get together?" I'm like, "You're open to debate. Hunter's open to to to, uh, debating, and let's have a friendly kind of discussion." So we did one episode, end up being going really well and being really fun, and I think productive. So we ended up doing a part two, and then I did the same thing with Hunter because um, I'm like okay well this is so much fun and uh, I'm, I'm learning from this process let me see if I can kind of recreate it and I did with uh, James Corbett I had him on with James Corbett um, but Hunter Motts did kind of get exposed and, and we'll, we'll, the topic was more about education because uh, Hunter Motts had a tutoring company and he's a Harvard graduate who thinks his Harvard diploma doesn't mean shit and actually had, in many cases have talked about doing a public burning of it and um and James Corbett uh, obviously ended up in Japan because uh, teaching. So they both kind of had a little bit of a of a teaching background and opinions on schooling and whatnot. So we had a fun a fun discussion. You know, did did part one, then did, did a part two. Uh, Hunter Motz did get exposed a little bit as a uh, as prejudging a little bit uh, of James Corbett because he said something. I don't know. I, I think it was the first episode or maybe the second. Uh, episode we did part two, but he said something like he, he kind of labeled Corbett as a conspiracy theorist. And I'm like, Oh God, I'm like, he must've Googled Corbett. This is when he was still on YouTube, found some like nine 11 thing or whatever, something that he probably spent zero time looking into. But just the fact that Corbett was, was hitting on these topics and doing uh, documentaries on the, these topics. He probably just assumed he's a conspiracy theorist. And um, so I'm like, oh, you know, and I, and I told Hunter that, too. I'm like, you know, dude, dude, like he's not a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, you you know, some of these topics that you think you really disagree with him on. I'm like, I bet you if you looked into or or gave his research a opportunity to change your mind, it probably would. And so. Um, but, you know, but th- those those discussions actually were were ex- exactly what I was trying to create with the You UN Have Done Wanted, like t- people actually challenging ideas. And, um, and and I don't I don't know. It just didn't I, you know, things don't always turn out the way you plan them. But um, but, you know, I I, I want to see people argue for or against universal health care. I want people to argue for or against um, universal basic income. I want people to. To um, argue everything to the extreme of like, okay, should we have police officers, you know, paid by the public, or should we have private security? Well, you know, all these, all, all these kind of discussions that come with this stuff, or and everything's kind of like a, it's a mixture of, you know, there's never been a. 100%, obviously, capitalistic country, but there's never been a 100% socialistic country. And there probably will never be uh, either or or any ism you can come up with because uh, the one thing that they all have in common is they have to be run by people and people are flawed and there's going to be corrupt people. So you're neither or any really ism is going to be... Um, you, you you won't be able to uh, examine, examine it and and say hey you know what like this was a perfect example of how something does or does not work because there's so many other factors you know people will bring up venezuela right or um some other you know um latin american country and it's like okay well how, do you know the history of that country do you know how like the u.s has meddled in their elections and how, you know all this so it's like you you yeah. you can you can say oh look at venezuela like that's an example of a socialist country not working it's like kind of if you completely disregard everything else same you know same thing with cuba same thing with you know um but you can make the same argument for you know a more cap cap, uh, capitalistic uh uh country too and you could say okay well oh maybe it didn't work because the politicians were corrupt or the the corporations were corrupt or whatever you know so uh, i think humans are are flawed and you know anytime you have flawed humans Uh, trying to run something you know there's going to be some issues so it's um like what's your opinion on on all that stuff do you do you like seeing those debates or or do you do you love
0: seeing those debates man i love debating i love getting into that i mean i think that's why people become libertarians because we're uh we're contrarian a-holes that like to you know say their opinion and things like that uh but yeah i mean it just on any of those things it's like I don't think that capitalism, pure capitalism can exist within a state because automatically if there's a state, it's going to be corrupted. Like that's, and so like, there is no such thing as a pure capitalist country because it's an oxymoron. It couldn't exist. And then with communism, it's like, I, and theoretically like, you know, it would be great for it to have some sort of like, cause their ultimate goal is to have like a stateless society with no hierarchies. And it's just, it's not possible because how would you equit- equitably split everything? You know, it's just, it's not possible without the dictator. And so they, they even say that they want like a dictator, the proletariat. They can do all these things. But that automatically creates hierarchy and then you have like the cronies and then it just uh, then you have the soviet union you know so i mean it's just that's just one of those things that happens man so we need to have small myself like i want to have like small little communities that are like self-sustaining and just like have bartering system and we just kind of take care of each other like that's what i would prefer
1: yeah. You know, I, I've had Professor Richard Wolf on my show before, and I've also he, he did a, a pretty good episode of Empire Files on Karl Marx and his philosophies and all that stuff. And if if you look into uh, Karl Marx and you actually read his perspectives and opinions and again, again, like you read somebody else's opinions and perspectives on his opinions it can be skewed one way or another i mean i uh i, I had um, professor uh, michael millerman on my show uh not too long ago and he's a f- super fascinating guy he's a philosopher author historian i mean many different things but he's a uh, he's well known for translating alexander dugan's uh books which is uh you know he's considered he's an interesting pra- guy. Yeah. Oh, I I I love him as as a thinker. Like I don't agree with everything, and I'm not even sure. Uh, I can't say I agree or disagree because some of his ideas are so complex. I need to kind of examine them and <laughs> kind of figure out if it makes sense or not. But he the uh,
0: translation is hard too. Like I, I, that's it's really hard. I want to yeah. I want to understand it better. I've definitely dug into him a little bit. But sorry.
1: <laughs> no. no, <don't, laughs> no, no, no oh, my point of bringing it up was that who translates it will have one on on how you're going to interpret it right and that's something that that he talked a lot about like so he's uh millerman's a a big fan of leo strauss and he talked about how you know his his the philosophers that translated plato or some of these you know these these um you know the the philosophers you learn when you go to uh philosophy like his uh his philosophy teacher uh was a leo strauss fan so a lot of it was from a, a strauss perspective the way he interpreted uh plato you know the republic whatever it may be and that affected his interpretation of it and and he was interpreting it different than somebody else and you know and it brings up that that discussion right it's like a lot of what you know you hear somebody talk about Karl marx believes in this or you could even go back to like darwin you know darwin you know um believed in this darwin believe i'm like okay well let me look into this and it's like okay well this seems like to be more of a, a opinion than like fact or you could you could t- you could highlight one thing he said and then use that to, to defend the perspective you have but i can find somebody else who disagrees and then he says that darwin said this at this point or wrote this in this chapter that you know so it's like everything's so much of it is interpretation and um you know, so when you look at like Karl Marx and you look at like his critique of capitalism, like I'm like, okay, kind of makes sense in theory. You know, like there there are issues, you know, with this stuff. But of course, you can also make the argument there's there's some serious issues with socialism, you know. And um, it, but ag- again, like I don't think inherently they're evil or or designed to uh, to do bad things. I think you know they're they're probably thought at. Like it, it, in other words, it's almost like we have a society, we have a, a world full of people, and then we have to debate and figure out what's the best way of having this society and this, you know, a civil society. And, and do, you know, do we have a socialist, something that's more socialistic? Do we have something that's less socialistic? And, and it's all uh, for the purpose of like trying to figure out how to, how to get, extract the best out of. Uh, you know our, our civilized society and I don't you know I mean maybe you, you disagree with me well like do you think Karl Marx had evil intentions or do you think it was just it was his views and you know it was all just based on his and his his image of what he thought the world could be even if it you know wasn't realistically maybe it, it wouldn't work but in theory he thought it would
0: So my thoughts on Karl Marx, it it really does come down to intent, right? So um, I think that he makes some fan-fucking-tastic critiques of capitalism. Like, for the most part, like, I I read it and I'm like, okay, I'm on board, I'm on board, I'm on board. And then when it comes to solutions is where he loses me, right? And so um, it's not necessarily – like, Karl Marx, maybe we have to look at his character as a person a little bit, right, where he, like – got a girl pregnant and kicked her out of the house and kicked the kid out. Like he just kind of seemed like kind of an ugly human (laughs) a little bit. And so maybe I can read some intent there, but I, you know, I mean, that's just speculation. But um, as far as like him actually being like evil, I don't necessarily think so. Maybe he was like a utopian kind of thinker and he thought that he was brilliant and that he had a better idea of how to run things. And I mean, really when it starts to get to more of the evil, it's like, dude, read some Lenin. Like Lenin is a beautiful writer and he's like, but good God. Like, and then obviously like Stalin takes it to another level. So I think that he created a system that was easily uh, gives justification for this person to say, Hey, this is how we're going to fix the world. And it gives them too much of like a consolidation of power. And it just kind of opened Pandora's box and it was turned really ugly. So I don't really know what his intention was, but I'd like to think that he was just a fool, (laughs) very smart fool.
1: (laughs) No, that's a a really good point. This uh, idea that he, he had these ideas. They weren't inherently evil, but they they were easily manipulated or uh, used for evil purposes. And, and so, uh, and so that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and um, I mean, in defense of all his personal life, there's a lot of, really great uh i shouldn't say great people but people who've done great work who were horrendous you know in their personal lives you know they either uh cheated or um you know just weren't good people in general you know i always listening to a rogan podcast recently and i and it's funny because I, I i've thought about this quite a few times but somebody said it on, on the show they're like you know a lot of really successful guys uh men uh are horrendous fathers you know and 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 i think a lot of it has to do with like you you you've decided that the job of pursuing whatever uh goal you you have in mind is more important than the job of being a parent you know and it's almost like to be ocd obsessive with progress then you know it's it's one of those things that you, something has to give. So you have to neglect something, right? Everything comes with a sacrifice. If you have a a multi million dollar house, you know some people get lucky and they hit the lottery or get lucky and they invested in Bitcoin early enough or whatever it may be. But most people, they're sacrificing. Being with their loved ones, being with their friends, they're, they're at work twenty four seven. They're taking calls on weekends. They're, you know, maybe going to on, work, you know, traveling for work, or whatever. Um, so everything comes with a sacrifice. So uh, I, I think that, you know, that's why that balance is is, is so important. Did um, a message pop up? Is that I saw that?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I throw the comments up here. We had someone uh-huh. asking if the Union and Wanted is still going. Yes, it is. So go check it out. They just had one come out. So.
1: Yeah, for people who are listening who aren't fam- uh, aren't familiar with it or don't know where to find it, uh, what it is, it's kind of like a big Zoom conference call of alternative media thinkers. It came from actually, you know, I was talking about how I like doing uh, swap casts and getting people together. It was actually a show where I had Midnight Mike on my show. I had Charlie Robinson. And then at the last second, I invited a couple other people. And the only other person who showed up was Sam. And uh, so it was the four of us. And... We were talking about this was like right in the beginning of the COVID stuff and and when the censorship was really uh, you know just amplifying and then Mike Midnight Mike from the Obdm show he's like yeah you know us and, and he was referring to us in alternative media who's being censored by Google and YouTube and everybody he's like yeah we're kind of like the union of the unwanted and immediately we we all kind of like we thought the same thing like I don't know what we're gonna do with that name. But that's something. Like, hold on to that, because that's there's a ring to it. it, it it's it's um you know it, it's fa- It just sounds like something that would be a great name for a band or something. Uh, I love the episode Monica. Prez. Monica Prez is on like probably seventy five percent of them. So you, you know, <laughs> like about seventy five percent of the episodes. Uh, but she's a yeah she's a regular on there. Uh, Miriam Hanin's a regular on there. Jason Burmes, uh, a lot of but yeah. So we basically thought about. Uh, the the origin story is we, we basically thought about um gathering a bunch of these people who were being censored and then try to figure out how do we resolve it how do we figure it out and uh so we you know my i i've been podcasting for a while sam's has a lot of contacts uh charlie you know mike everybody's kind of been a, a, a around alternative media community for a, a while um but i wouldn't buck wild would like just um with inviting people. And we had like, I don't know, like 30, 40 people. So it was like a ridiculous number. The first like official union of unwanted. Uh, and we had some big names. I mean, James Corbett was on there. Um, ben Swan, uh, Luke from, we are change. I uh, had ton, tons, of people on there and just kind of talking about like, what do we do? What what are we dealing with? First of all, like as individuals and content creators, like who's being censored and what type of censorship are you seeing? And then we, uh, we were talking about solutions and, and then I kind of really liked it. I remember right after that show happened, uh, I was texting with the guys, with Mike and and Sam and Charlie, and I'm like, "We got to do something. Like, let's, let's, you know, let's do this on a regular basis, you know." And and uh, and then that's when we eventually were like, well, now we have a purpose for the 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 title, the Union of do Wanted. And um, initially, it was supposed to be just a, what we were calling those episodes, and we we're letting people just kind of uh, share them on. A, everybody's rss feed you just share wherever and then um at as time went by uh, i don't know i think it might have been sam who proposed the idea of like making it its own podcast i'm like you know what why not let's do it so uh we end up doing that and uh, making it its own podcast but it's live streamed every other monday on rockfin and then um within like you know a couple days it's available the audio is available typically mike's pretty quick with it he uh Usually within like 24 to 48 hours, the audio is always available. The video is uh, is on Rockfin as a premium content when it's live streamed in within a couple days. Uh, typically, I go in there and I'll just make it free within a couple days so people can see it. But Mike also uploads it to our Odyssey channel. And if you go to the unionoftheunwanted.com, you'll find all our links there. But it's live streamed on Rockfin, has premium content. But within 24 to 48 hours, you can find the audio and video uh, free everywhere and it's just it's awesome I mean, we've had so many amazing people on there we've had dr judy mikeovich we've had uh del big tree we've had um g uh yeah g Edward griffin's been on uh we've had uh roger stone um I, a lot of it's just been people that have been on my show that i'm just like hey do you want to also come on the union of wanted. so typically if you see somebody pop up on my show like or if somebody who's been on my show uh, I'll eventually, you know, invite them on the Union of Unwanted. And that's that's more just because, like, that way I kind of get a, a feel for a guest. You know, I don't like just trying to get somebody on for the Union of Unwanted first if they haven't been on one of our other shows, um, you know, Charlie, Mike's, or, or Sam's, because it's like, okay, we know they're cool. We know they're going to get along. It's The format's not for everybody. We've heard people... Uh, complain about it in the past like hey you know there's too many people on the show it's like well there's a lot of one-on-one shows out there like you don't have to listen to this if you don't like it um it's but that's what makes it unique is that there is a lot of people on there and it works because you know I, i think what makes it fascinating is that you you get people Connecting that would never ever connect or people from such drastic different opinions and 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 uh you know backgrounds and for them to come together and then bounce ideas off each other like i i think that's awesome and to and to get that i mean i i had a, it was funny because steve from slow news day he um him and i were not really that close uh before his first union of the unwanted episode uh, i believe him and charlie uh have done some work together some shows together so charlie invited him to come on a union unwanted show and um, you know I, typically i do like 99% of the booking but if these guys you know that that they want to invite somebody they invite them you know and um but i am just like a, a little social butterfly so it's easy for me to kind of contact people and, and book them and, and i enjoy doing it and it's uh he ended up coming on steve his first episode of the union unwanted was the uh, the same episode that R- Roger Stone was on and he come and i don't tell anybody who's going to uh, well one i don't tell anybody who I who I'm trying to get on because I don't want to jinx myself, and and also there's a lot you know there's a lot of people that I invite that who don't end up making it. There's people that I forgot I invited that end up showing up. So it's um it always ends up being a mixture of people. But you know I remember at the time I was like oh you know we we need kind of a bigger name we ha- you know um on the next one. So I'm like let me try to find someone in the last second. I'm like you know what I'm like I haven't talked to Roger in a long time. Let me see if I can get a hold of him. I, I talked to him. He came on. Most of the people were like kind of stunned that he he was on, and uh, and Steve was like, you know, you could tell he he he's not a fan of Roger Stone, and I think on his own show the next day. Uh, i end up hearing him say something like oh dude i came on the show he's like then freaking roger stone's on the show you know like he couldn't believe that you know he was on a, a show with uh somebody he he didn't like uh like that but i'm like that's what makes it fun though like there's you can't say there's not something we can't we can't take from talking to roger stone the dude has been in the same private jet with reagan and you know and and uh nixon and you know he dibble dabbles with all these people like you you can't you to, to, to be able to talk to somebody who's been that close to you know people of the white house and the highest of power like you can't you you can't say you can't there's there's not something you can take from that you know there's going to be questions that you can ask him that he can give you an insight i mean he's probably lying you know if it if yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but he can give you, a, if he's telling you the truth, he can give you a uh, insight into something that, you know, no, in no no other time would you be able to talk to somebody uh, that close to presidents and, and advisors and, and all those people in the higher up. So it, it to me, you know, it doesn't matter if I disagree with him or, or don't, you know, if I do or don't. Um, I, I just want to talk to him, you know, like. Uh, and the cool thing about a lot of the, the people I'm friends with, they're very similar. I remember Charlie Robinson and I, uh, I don't know if it was right before we did a, a show together or maybe right before the next Union of Dunwanted, but we were chatting right before or right after I did the, my show with uh, Professor Richard wolf who is well-known for being, you know, a socialist and, and uh, Marxist uh, historian or, or however you want to uh, call it, and Charlie, who, you know, is, is very, you know, libertarian, Ish. You know, I don't know if he uses the label, but he he very much leans in that direction and goes to anarcho Pocos and all that stuff. He right before we went live, he's like, "Hey, I, I listened to your show with a uh, Professor Richard Wolf. He's like, it was super awesome. He's like, it was really fascinating. I really enjoyed it." And I'm like, "Really? That's what?" I'm like, "I would think that you'd be like, oh, let me skip this one." But that's awesome for me. It was like a, a great reflection of his character and how he he doesn't want to live in an echo chamber that he went out of his way to listen to that episode even though he could have just assumed like this is somebody i disagree with why do i want to hear somebody spewing some socialist bullshit you know and just skipped it but he's like you know what instead of me dismissing it let me listen to it and then see how you know what he says and i might still disagree with him but he might make some some points that challenge what uh, what I believe and then you know I can decide like okay let me think this out and I can come to a conclusion and decide that like no I still stand where I stand or you can say hey maybe I, I found something that I need to think out better and and I didn't think out as well as I I should so I I love those type of people you know Charlie who and and you know I mean I'd like yourself you know you you know I've heard you in the past and you don't seem to get offended or upset if somebody if you disagree with somebody, you're you're open to having the discussion. And that's what we need more of. You know, like Rogan just had Gina Carano on and uh, I, I was Didn't like, he,
0: that's yeah, fun. Yeah,
1: yeah, which is awesome. Like he literally was had, a good conversation. Yeah, it was a great conversation. He just had even though Rogan, you know, he he's he's funny because it, it I I don't I don't. I do get, and I don't get why he does what he does. Like, the, he he always tries to downplay the conspiracy that is COVID. I'm like, dude, you had Dr. Peter McCullough on your show. He talked for hours, and everything he said was right. And it like it basically highlighted how this could not be all happen happen chance, and it couldn't all be coincidental. Like there was drugs being suppressed on purpose. There were doctors being suppressed on purpose you can't say this was all just like we did
0: being suppressed on purpose
1: <laughs> <laughs> so but of course he always does this where it's like he and it and it's hilarious because what what came out in that uh podcast is that he's in the process of reading the real anthony fauci robert kennedy jr book and he uh he talked about he's like, oh, he's like i didn't want to he's like i kind of uh, avoided reading it for a while and he's like now i'm deep into it and he's like dude i i'm just like He's like, I'm so deep into it. And it, it, it it's almost like he, he, ignorance is bliss. Like he, oh, he, he was almost talking about it like, I'd almost rather not know all this stuff was going on. But he didn't, he didn't, uh, disprove it or he didn't say, he didn't dismiss it, I should say, where he's like, oh, you know, it's all conspiracy theory or oh, I'm, I'm going to kind of, um, wait before i judge or i have to do some more research or he makes some valid points uh, no he literally seemed like he he was believing everything that uh you know that robert kenny uh, jr wrote in that book and i think he even said something like it was really well researched and all the information in there and uh, i actually have it laying over here somewhere and it's a uh, it is a really good book but the fact that he's going down that rabbit hole it's like dude you know that it's not like this wasn't just you can't just call it all ignorance or um you know he he would keep saying like he said this with gina gina would say oh like they i think they did it on purpose and i don't i don't know specifically what she meant like if it was like the release of the virus or the um the, the the force feeding the vaccine as the only uh treatment Um, or what exactly, or maybe she feels like it was everything about it was on purpose, Uh, which, you know, if you know about Event 201, which I'm sure Rogan has talked about on his show once or twice, like, if you know about Event 201, like, it's not that hard to believe that they did see this all coming, and they knew how to handle all of it, and how to treat it, and how everybody was going to react. So, but to make a long story short, and, well, it's already long, so I'm just going to try to uh, get to my point, he, he he it's it it does bother me that he still says yeah but in the beginning like you know early 2020 like we we didn't know we didn't know and that's why people people uh, were put on ventilators because we just didn't know that like 80% of them were going to die oh you know we people were afraid and and i think politicians want to shut down the country because they just didn't know how bad it was going to be some people didn't know like the the majority of people didn't know but the experts that were force-feeding you this stuff and telling you, like, the lockdown and, t- you know, like the, the Dr. Fauci's and the Deborah Burks, I mean, you know, that video of Deborah uh, Birx, uh, Dr. Deborah Birx uh, saying how when they, when, when she was a part of the task force and they're, and they're basically telling the public that the vaccine is, is better than natural immunity and it will stop you from getting it and spreading it, like, she said in front of Congress, like, she's like, yeah, we were hoping the vaccine would do that. It's like, you said stuff with certainty. As a authority figure, you're on the task force. People went to you for answers. A lot of people were just full of anxiety and confusion, and and they're afraid. And watching those press conferences, they were hanging on every word you would say, so they could figure out, like, okay, um, like how should I handle this? What's going on? So you knew every word mattered. And you guys were Openly giving false information, and then all the bullshit with like the the you know the uh, people who are dying with the virus, uh, not by the virus. Like, dude, there's but you got there's plenty of doctors in hospitals that they've been in the medical world long enough where they they understand like this isn't the cause of death if you just have a virus in your system that isn't really um, causing any symptoms. You know, it's and it's like they knew that they were inflating the numbers. They knew. I mean, it it was all. And again, not everybody was a part of it and not everybody knew. But the people in power, the people who were pushing the policies, the Fauci's who were going on 60 Minutes saying a mask doesn't do bull- bullshit. And then, you know, uh, soon after says oh, everybody should wear a mask like you got caught lying, like regardless if you were lying for a just cause or not, you know, because that was the argument was like, oh, he didn't want masks to go um, to sell out. And it's like, well, if that was the case, if you truly believe masks could save somebody. What you should have said was, "Hey, we're going to saw out a mask. We don't have enough. Everybody should be wearing one. Make one at home. Take a rag. Take a, just put something on your face. Anything will help." And it's like, and you, and if you really thought they were they would save lives, you're basically saying you're a murderer because there's plenty of people who could have wore a mask and saved lives and didn't because you were giving the wrong advice. Like none of it makes any fucking logical sense. So it's just to me. My frustration with Rogan is that he still tries to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's like, dude, you had Dr. Robert Malone on your show. You had Dr. Peter McCullough on your show. You had Brett Weinstein on your show. You had... Uh, who's the other guy? He's from England. He's a, like a Middle Eastern journalist. No, it, He's from the Middle East, I believe, originally. But he has a Middle Eastern name. He's, he was on Tim Pool also. And he's like... Uh, uh, I forget who, he, uh, who what his name is. But another guy who just went like a whole three hours just tearing apart the mainstream narrative and and like you listen to these guys you you had freaking uh the cnn bullshit doctor uh dr sanjay gupta on your show who openly lied who couldn't win in a debate he's a medical doctor he's a doctor with a phd and specialized literally is a specialist on cnn on these topics and rogan who is a comedian and podcaster and, and MMA guy, literally was beating you in a debate. And this is your expertise. And, and you know that like the only reason you, you're making him look bad was because the truth was on your side. And he was trying to lie. And, and then he openly goes on CNN, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, and then lies some more. And, and, and you know, and it's just the whole thing. It's like, dude, he, he, he went on fucking Sesame Street. And lied to kids. Like, this dude's a scumbag. And he would still give to, uh, uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta the benefit of the doubt. He would go, oh, well, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, like. He does every time. He does every time whenever he's mentioned on his show. Yeah, and, but yeah, when, when Dr. Peter McCullough brought him up, and Dr. Peter McCullough is like, "Yeah, but you know what? When he was on, um, why would he? You know, when he went on Sesame Street, that was me- I forget how he worded it, but he was talking. He brought up when he was on Sesame Street and how uh, how wrong that was. And Rogan's like, "Yeah, that was kind of messed up." It's like Rogan, you see it, like you you. So I this is the thing is I don't want to judge because I know it's really easy to say. Rogan this, Rogan that, blah blah blah. He's just a shale, blah blah. First of all, he's not a show. He would never have had Doctor Robert Malone or Doctor Peter McCullough on in the first place, you know. And he definitely wouldn't keep inviting his boy Eddie Bravo uh, on if he thought he, if he was uh, really a show. But you know, but my point is like, I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because one, he has done some. I mean, just having Doctor Sanjay Gupta on and not. Like, I think he was friendlier to Dr. Sanjay Gupta after the episode than he was on the episode. I think he actually went to him hard when he was when he's like, you guys openly lied about me taking horse medication on your channel. Like he called him out on stuff. And um, but I think that he is one of those people that he tries to find the good in people. I think, you know, sometimes. Coming to the conclusion that the world is as fucked up as it actually is. It's something that's really hard to digest and really hard to, to cope with. And it's almost easier to just see the world as like, I'm just a podcaster. I'm just having these conversations. And it's how he stays sane. And and maybe the world isn't as corrupt as it seems. And he gives people the benefit of the doubt. Or it also could be the fact that he understands that every word that he says is in analyzed to the max by everybody and anybody. And that's like that pressure. I mean, you know, I I recently had Dave Rubin on my show. I was telling somebody recently how, like, it's the first time in a long time I got nervous, like I I had like kind of a, a stressful day and I was kind of running around and then I'm like, oh, shit, Dave Rubin's on. He's kind of a big, bigger guest. I'm stressing because I'm like, I'm not sure exactly what I want to talk to him about. I'm not sure how I'm going to handle this. I haven't talked to him in years. Last time he was on, uh, I, he was in, he was recently on. So it was I don't know 400 and something uh, episode of the Ripple Effect podcast. But last time he was on, it was like 90 episode 95 or something. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, it's been a long time. Like, you know what? You know, so and and I got a little nervous. And back in the day, I used to get nervous all the fucking time. It was like regular for It was uh, on a regular basis where I would get like. To the point where I uh, I would almost not want to release the episode because I'm like I sound like such a dumbass because I cannot, I had so many things running through my head I could not gather which question I wanted to ask so I end up rambling and not asking any like a freaking idiot and uh and so and and so I'm like and that's just the pressure of like you know how many thousands of downloads i get like it's not it's not big numbers you know he's millions of downloads you know and so it's like the pressure of, and and if i say some say something dumb it's not trending on twitter the next day you know no sure. mainstream article is going to write a whole you know uh, op-ed on me you know they're not going to i'm not going to be headline news cnn's not going to talk about me you know so that type of pressure and and to the point where there, there, there's a little bit of a pressure in regards to just think about like the pressure of just being famous but his his fame was so big that it became powerful like what he said changed things what he said influenced things you know i, I remember when kratom was being um demonized in in the, in the media and then i had i had uh, chris bell on my show uh I, i've had mark bell also but uh chris bell to talk about uh, his documentary "A Leaf of Faith" about kratom and how it was helping people with pain and anxiety and depression, and all that stuff, and then the government was trying to uh, ban it and demonize it. And uh, Rogan uh, had him on for the same reason. When he was on my show, pretty sure nothing changed. Like I probably didn't save kratom. Maybe I participated a little bit, but I didn't really. I, I'm pretty sure I didn't do much. Uh, he went on Rogan, and next thing you know, like he literally saves him like he you know uh, uh politicians get involved and and got all this awareness too uh so it's like to have that type of influence and impact it's you know to me it's it's incredible that he can still have any like that his show has any uh, uh feel of a casual conversation because the fact that he can still seem to have a casual conversation Knowing outside those walls, once that show's released, like you know, everything's gonna be something, and every word that's said, every opinion that he has, it's gonna be something. But what he understands is something that I think more of us need to understand. That once you turn off, all you have to do is turn off your phone. All you have to do is not go on Twitter. All you have to do is not read your comments. All you have to do is is live in your you know whatever you know mile radius of your life where it's like your loved ones are close to you the the restaurants you go to the liquor stores you go to the people you hang out with are all in this world and what happens outside of this isn't really that important so if billions of people are talking about you on the internet who cares who are they like they're not saying it to my face and i can just turn it off which in a way the internet gives them power because they can connect with you or or say things to you online and get people talking and get people fired up but it also gives us power because it means I can also turn it off and I don't have to watch it and I don't have to listen to it and I don't have you know as podcasters we've all been through it where well you know you you get caught up with like what people are saying about you online like you, you read like a thousand positive comments and then the one negative one is the one that sticks with you and bothers you and it gets so point where just like who is that person like if i met them and i sat him down i might be like his opinion really shouldn't matter because he's not he doesn't really have any, a, a really well thought out opinions or he's just a extremist on, on these views or whatever you know like i have friends you're of mine just control
0: having a bad day and if you sat down with him he would not ever say the thing he just said
1: <laughs> you know if what I mean? Right yeah, and that's so true. I mean, I have friends of mine. I, I you know, I think about this sometimes. I'm like, I have friends of mine that on many topics, I don't respect their opinion. Like I should I, like, I'm just like, you know what? Like you, you have this opinion, but I know you didn't research anything. I know you haven't looked into this. This is just like, I you know, this is what I think. You know, okay, you think that way, but it's not backed by any real deep thought. So if the, my, if those friends were online saying, I disagree with you or you're an idiot or whatever to somebody else. I would tell, you know, that content creator like listen, I'm friends with this dude. He like he he hasn't thought this out at all. He just he he has these opinions that it come from anywhere, you know, it could be because of uh, a you know, whatever he watched on TV or whatever and uh and he doesn't really do deep thinking about these issues. So don't let his opinion bother you. That's what I would say to them. Guess what? Like a lot of those people are online. Like they're not deep thinkers. They're not, they're they're people who are, like you said, they're just trolls. And the crazy thing about trolls is like, there's people who openly embrace being a troll. Like they know yeah. they're trolls. Everybody around them knows they're trolls. The only people who don't know they're trolls are sometimes the content creators who get that shitty comment. And then it's like, oh my God, like, You think this is a, you know, this might be a reasonable person who really hates me this much. And then you feel bad because you're like, what if this reasonable person is right? Or what if, you know, I am a jerk? Or what if, you know, and then you start just planting that seed of doubt about who you are and what you think or whatever. And when really it's just a troll who's getting a kickoff. You know, the rocks uh, off from it, and they're just
0: they're energy vampires, man. They feed off of that. That's what they're. Yeah, the, their intent is to cause chaos, and then they just. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Cool, <laughs> yeah, they...
1: Filter out. As you get older, you have to filter that stuff out. Like uh, my. I always try to. People are always like, "Oh, you're so calm," you know. I shouldn't say people are always like that because if you ask my wife, she would say the opposite. But uh, well, I am. I mean, she wouldn't. She wouldn't say the opposite. I wouldn't say. Um, I I try to stay calm as much as possible. And uh, but of course, like we're all humans, we have moments of weaknesses and and whatnot. And um, but one thing I, I try to do often is like reflect on those moments and try to improve on those moments. And but a lot of it is just you know, my willingness to to be okay with being wrong. Like I'm okay with being wrong. I'm I don't I don't take it personally. I'm not trying you know, as I get older, you know, I filter out people who are really argumentative, you know, people who are, I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna benefit from this conversation. You know, I try to filter out people who uh stress me out or, you know, people who who I just don't have good relationships with or maybe I butt heads with too often. Like I'm just like, okay, like maybe I should just like Try to filter these people out because they add anxiety or stress or some type of negative energy to me. And if I don't filter them out, that negative energy is going to end up affecting somebody that I don't want to be negative towards. It's going to affect me because you're bringing this negative energy. Now, when I interact with my kids or my wife or whoever, and I don't want to be negative, like, this negative energy is on my shoulders and and it's affecting my mood and then my you've made my fuse so, so small that now something that i would typically become about now i'm losing my temper quicker you know so it's like and that's the same thing with the trolls so the same way in your personal life you should filter those people out it's the same way that you know online you should also filter those people out when i was on line during the COVID era and and just you know just sharing articles or whatever, people would just and, you know, people would lose their freaking mind over everything. And like, I just didn't let it get to me. And My wife would be like, do you see what blah, blah, blah said about you? I'm like, no. And honestly, if I did see it, it wouldn't bother me. And it's not going to bother me enough for me to even look at it. Like, I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm trying to help people by putting this information out there. I feel better knowing I'm doing my part or I'm doing a part by putting the information out there. Um, if people get upset, people get upset. Like, I, I can't, I can't make everybody happy. And, and that's a, a ridiculous pursuit. If you're trying to make everybody happy, you have to live with the fact that some people and you don't know why they feel the way they feel. Maybe it's, you know, fear of their own lives. Maybe it's, uh, you know, there's somebody else that has similar views that they hate. And they're like, so now I don't like anybody who has these views because, uh, you know, they, they, uh, resemble somebody that I dislike. It's kind of like names resemble people, you know, like, Gina, for example, my, it's actually my wife's name too, and um, every Gina I've ever known has been pretty, so every time I hear Gina, I think pretty. And then there's certain names, like Susie or whatever, where like every Susie I've ever known has not been pretty, so every time I think Susie, I think like, okay, not a pretty girl, you know, so it's like it's the same type of thing, so it's uh, you know, you probably have some questions and I'm just rambling on like an idiot.
0: <laughs> I mean this this is what we do on the show man we just have we just have conversations yeah this is great man yeah yeah with Rogan it's just he's an enigma man I it's one of those things it's like he's definitely made more money than God so he has like fuck you money he could you know and so that you know you go down that rabbit hole with him and you're like why doesn't he just tell everyone to go fuck themselves why didn't he tell Spotify you know give him the middle finger and st- you know instead of taking some of his videos down and things like that but I, I get what you mean too. Where he's like, everything he says is so publicized. Like his show, if he says something controversial, it's going to be on CNN the next day. You know, they're gonna and they're gonna take him out of context and not give him any credit, and or you know what I mean? You know, give him the benefit of the doubt. And so it that's it, just a yeah. You you just have to kind of take Rogan for who he is, and just you know, and just kind of enjoy the show because.
1: And That's the right attitude. Like I'm glad you're like that because you get I get people I see people online sometimes say, "Rogan's a shill," like uh, blah blah blah. You know, in the comments of whatever. If I'm on another show or if I'm just reading, you know, if I'm watching something and I see people bring up Rogan, uh, you get these camps for like, "Rogan's a shill," "Sam Tripley's a shill." You know, I'm like, I feel like you you've made it once somebody calls you. I, nobody's called me a shill, which is why I still feel like that's a uh, you know I have I'm not really as accomplished as I'd like to be, but. You know, it's it just to me, it, it's like you can you can say you c- with every person, you could say, OK, there's some things that I disagree with that they've promoted or people that they've had on that I'm not a fan of, you know, whatever. And but yet, like, you still can't ignore the fact that he had Dr. Sanjay Gupta on. And, and this remember, this was like when COVID was still the the topic of the day where it still dominated the news and it was still dominating our lives and yet he had him on not to be friendly with them but he knew that you know it was going to be a debate and he was completely okay with basically exposing him the whole show and then he still had peter on and dr robert malone so it's like he knows that he has a, a huge platform and to have a huge platform and bring those people on that, you know what they're going to say. Like, Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Peter McCullough were not doing other interviews um, saying that, hey, everybody should get vaccinated and, and COVID is dangerous. Like, much of the time, they were saying the opposite. So it's like he still had them on and let them use his platform to get those messages out like so you can't say that a shill would do all that because even if he was okay let's pretend he was a shill like oh that's only because you know he wants to earn your trust well guess what there's a lot of fucking people that like he changed their mind or at least planted the seed of doubt in regards to COVID and what was going on so if if his job was just to be a shill like they did not succeed because millions and millions and millions of people who did not know who Dr. Peter McCullough um, was. Now he's a household name. Same thing with Dr. Robert Malone. So this idea that they're a shill, like, no, you can just disagree with people sometimes. Like there's a lot of people that I disagree with on certain things. Like, I don't think they are shills just because they're promoting a nine 11 is a perfect example. You see the shill term get thrown around left and right. Like, He's a shill because he thinks that, you know, lasers took down the towers. He's a shill because he doesn't think any planes hit the towers. He's a shill. And I'm just like, okay, if their purpose is to get, like, to expose some corruption or some um, get people to look at these events and say, hey, it's it's not what you think happened, then I think, you know, th- 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 we're kind of all fighting the same fight and for the same purpose. It- and we can disagree on the details but once you get past those details, it's like we're, we're all trying to expose government corruption, you know, geopolitical strategies like um, you know, uh, the military industrial complex. Like we're all kind of trying to expose the same people. Now, what happened, we might disagree uh, about or how it happened, but we shouldn't now focus our energy on people that are fighting the same fight for the same reasons, you know, and, and you see that happen a lot in the alternative media community.
0: Yeah, 100%, man. And I mean, let's say he was a shill. you know, he there was more benefit than, you know, than there was a loss, right? And like, I love what Monica, what Monica Perez says that you can learn a lot more sometimes from a limited hangout anyways, right? And so I, I do I like to hear the opposite opinions, like, my very best friend is an Ancom and is maybe, or I will not say that he is or is not in, uh, in Antifa. Or, you know, so he's like, he's wildly to the left from me. He's still my best friend. We still have these crazy fucking conversations. He's, you know, and it, I learn a lot from him, dude. He's fucking brilliant. He's fucking smart. We like have these crazy deep conversations. And like, I think that's what it's all about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, some of my best nights out and my best conversations with my friends have been disagreements like we're having long drawn-out conversations about disagreements we may have and it's funny because like sometimes if i'm if we're together with friends or um family members and we're having these long discussions sometimes my kids will be because they they don't understand that like you can have you can disagree for a long period of time it's funny because just recently i did this with my brother-in-law He's a big baseball fan. And I told him how baseball players are the worst athletes on earth. And, uh, you know, like just I, I was I was kind of a little bit just kind of messing around with them. But, uh, uh, you know, and I'm like, they're not they're not good athletes. You don't have to be a good athlete to be a baseball player. And so it just kind of sparked this conversation. And we're like stating our points. But it was a fun discussion. And we're kind of stating our points. And my kids always even something as harmless as, as that. Uh, my kids think that if we're disagreeing, it, then we must be arguing or fighting. So my son will be like, Dad, you know, you uh, you guys should stop fighting. And it's like, well, no, we're not fighting. We're just disagreeing. Like, it's not, you know, and it's, and I want him to understand that a disagreement isn't something they should just avoid. You know, it's not something that has to be a fight. It can be beneficial, and it can be a learning process, and it can be a tool to grow. It can be a lot of fun. I
0: love arguments. Like not like a heated yelling argument, but like that's, that's one of my favorite things to do with my coworkers. And like my current coworker doesn't enjoy it so much. And so now I have to like argue with myself. But, <laughs> but like I love when somebody like is there's an art to an argument. And there's like we can sit there, we can go back, and we can discuss, and then we can find new points and we can drive it like a new place. Yeah. I love arguing. Am I, I sh- probably should have been a lawyer or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, it, it's funny you say that because it's uh, it, it's I'm I'm very similar where I, I it's I don't actually like arguing in regards to like just two people trying like where are it's a pissing contest and it's like just two people trying to be right. I like having discussions with people that are gonna challenge my ideas and are oh, but the, more importantly, are also okay with me challenging their ideas and they don't take offense to it they don't take it personally it doesn't have to be an argument but it's just like okay i think you're wrong about this and like this is why and then you tell me you know in return why you think i'm wrong and and we all grow and we all learn from that and we you know growing up i used to love finding debates online i would find you know like oh a a socialist against you know a, a capitalist or a whatever against a whatever and i and Some of them, I will say, like, you know, you could tell like, okay, these people aren't here to try to learn anything. They're here just to defend their team. But in the process of defending their team, I'm going to learn something because what's happening is that this idea is being challenged. And then this idea is being challenged and that idea is being challenged. And even though they might not be challenging it for moral reasons or, or good reasons, I should say, not for the reason of of growing and learning, they're challenging it because they're defending their team. I'm growing and learning from it and I'm getting something from it. And so it's like that same uh, spirit is what I love in my own discussions with my own friends. Is like I want to have my ideas challenged and I want to grow and learn. And if I'm wrong, I want to admit that I'm wrong because it means that now I'm one step closer to being right. And but uh, I don't want my ego to get in the way and and just be like this know-it-all or just you know it's like that saying if you're the smartest guy in the room you're in the wrong room like that's how i want to be i don't want to be the smartest guy in the room i don't want to be the guy who always wants to one up somebody or uh know everything you know i, I want to be the guy where i'm surrounded by fascinating people who i'm like oh shit i never thought of it that way or oh, i didn't even know about that or i oh, no I know i never read that book you know like i want people around me who are gonna enlighten me in some things you know and and I think we should all strive to do that. You know, I, that's why I think ego typically gets in the way. You know, I, that's one thing I love about sports is that it really exposes how much ego uh, is, is involved in your decision making. Like if you're wide open for uh, a shot, but you have a teammate who's a little bit more open, do you give it up? to that teammate to, to, for the, you know, or does your ego get in the way and say, no, I want to make the shot cause I, I want um, to, to get the confidence boost or I want all eyes on me or I want to get the credit, you know? And um, so that's kind of one thing I kind of like about sports is that it does force you to have to, you know, and some people don't force themselves to do it, but for myself, like I've always used it as a exercise to kind of force myself to, to understand what's, what's influencing my decision making is it my ego or am i really doing something for you know a learning purpose am i am i um you know doing something for for something you know much uh bigger than just uh massaging my own uh ego which i think it does it has a huge part of every aspect of our lives the way we look at things at uh, um, the, the things we argue with the things we don't um, when somebody proves you wrong you know so especially if it's somebody you're like okay they're right but this a-hole is going to rub it in my face if i you know and it's like you know i i try to be honest where just like if somebody even if it's somebody that i know that's going to bust my balls about it afterwards and is it wants to prove me right or prove me wrong um not for the purpose of like you know just trying to learn something but because they just you know because you get those people who like they want to be right all the time and it's like it's hard to give them anything because yeah now I'm like uh, now you you win because like okay you actually are right in this one circumstance and you um but I'm okay with that too you know and uh if if anything like I'm gonna benefit from it and if you want to uh keep that same type of uh pattern of thinking is gonna at some point affect your ability to, to grow and learn so it's um you know it's yeah I mean so much of these conversations like start internally you know in regards to like okay let me figure out how do i explore the world without ego getting my in in the way without other outside influences uh maybe trauma maybe whatever it may be that could affect the way i look at the world and let me examine things as clearly as possible and that's really hard to do and also to fight against the tribalistic perspective um of like just i i picked a team this team seems to make the most sense so now this is my team and now even if it's not verbally agreed upon you st- internally, you feel like I have to defend that team or at least have to defend the ideas that my team defends. And it's uh,
0: been a big thing for me this year actually was, well, the last two years I I'm not on anybody's team anymore. Like I don't even really call myself a libertarian anymore. I am. Cause I adhere to the non-aggression principle. Like I think that that's like philosophically and morally correct, but I'm definitely not in the libertarian party. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to be on anybody's team. Like you said, like it, when you are shown that you're incorrect, you still have to defend it because this is your team. and that that team mentality, that tribal mentality is why there's why we are in, you know, uh, so many predicaments that we're in right now because like maybe may, let's say Abby Martin actually heard some arguments that maybe would blow her mind about like the coronavirus or something. She can't let that go. You know what I mean? She can't because, I mean, that would be giving one to the other side. And God forbid you let the other side have one. You know, it, just that whole tribal mentality. Yeah, that is that is interesting, man, for sure. I can't – yeah, don't pick a team. Pick the truth. And I like getting my mind blown. If somebody if somebody proves me in, like th- that I'm wrong, I'm like, okay, that's great. Now I can be right about something, you know. <laughs> You get closer to the truth when you get proven wrong.
1: Yeah, and, and and not not choosing a team is. I mean, you can say like, "Hey, I agree with this team on a lot of things." And it's funny because even the non-aggression principle—it's a libertarian, you know, uh, idea—or gets adopted by the libertarians a lot. But um, you could even make the argument that like socialists should also agree to that. Like, which ism shouldn't agree that we should be nicer to you know, we shouldn't be aggressive towards one another and we shouldn't be able to force um our ideas on other people you know so it's uh, a yeah, yeah i mean that's i i'm okay with agreeing with somebody who did pick a team but i just hope that if their team doesn't they're not promoting something that makes sense that their ego doesn't get in the way of of seeing that that you can say okay even if you do pick a team, like if I if I consider myself a libertarian or a socialist or whatever, then when a point is made that exposes the flaws in my team's thinking that I'm willing to say, hey, you know what, like in this one point, they're wrong or they're incorrect or, uh, you know, maybe we have to rethink this or whatever, um, and, and that's important. And the, the extreme, at the end of the day, like extremes – in any ideology is really the the most dangerous people, because, you know, they're not open to, to even examining what they think or what they believe. They ignorantly blindly just believe what they believe and there's no changing their mind. And those people are dangerous.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're dangerous and they're dangerous to other people and to themselves. And it's, it's actually kind of sad. (laughs) They're just in like a, like you said, the echo chamber and it's just, yeah, that's a bummer. Well, Ricky, I have you, I've had you on a little bit over an hour. I'm sorry, buddy. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> I thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Do you want to give your plugs one more time?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the ripple effect is the best place to to find all my links. Like uh, I say, in the beginning of the show, I, uh, you can find the videos just about everywhere and then the audio uh, everywhere. Also, I know there's recently been some people contacting me about issues with Spotify uh, i'm not surprised you know that's kind of why uh, i try to you know bet on all numbers you know it's like instead of just assuming that uh you know hey you know let me put all my stuff on spotify because it's safe or let me just put my stuff on here it's like i post it everywhere so that way you know if by any chance rumble eventually ends up censoring or uh shoot or whatever you can still find it on odyssey and rockfin and other places so it's um you know, who knows? Who knows which one's going to end up being the next YouTube? Maybe there will never be another YouTube and there'll just be multiple streaming services, which is, I think, good, too, you know, because competition, as uh, as I think you would agree with, <laughs> is good. And um, so, but yeah, the Effect uh, and then also the, the UnionOfTheUnwanted.com, which we'll, we'll have to get Nate on in a, a future one. I think the next one is, uh, and I was, who was I just telling um, recently about this? I was telling, because it was somebody else who, uh, I was talking to somebody who's never been on one, and um, I was talking about when the next one's going to be. The next one's supposed to be scheduled, because it's every other Monday, typically, and the next one's supposed to be on the 4th, but that's a horrendous day to have a live show, because nobody's going to be watching. Uh, So uh, we're going to postpone it to the 11th. So if you're around and uh, you want to join us on the 11th, uh, join us on the 11th and um, come to the Union of Don't Wanted. People can watch it live on uh, on Rockfin. And, uh, you know, and, and then if they don't watch it live, they can listen to it uh, the next day on all the audio platforms. So uh, I think it might probably be a, a general topic show, which I, I like doing, you know, those shows also. Because sometimes we have a specific topic that the Union of Don't uh, brings in guests uh, just on those topics. We've done one on like cryptocurrency and and whatnot, but, um, and we've done one on actually, it was really fascinating one on near death experiences, which is really fascinating. And, uh, and just, you know, all these authors and filmmakers and experts in that field. It was really fascinating, but I think the 11th is going to be a a general, a topic one. And, uh, you know, we'll probably just gather some really interesting people like yourself and, and bounce some ideas off each other.
0: That's awesome, man. Uh, I hope all my guests go and follow you and thank you so much, brother. I'm going to hit the outro and I'll see you in a little.
1: Thanks, Nate. Take care.